I am the god of hellfire. No, I'm not the god of hellfire. Jeez. I think I'd put you through that. I am the host of hellfire. I'm the host of the Harlan Highway. Thank you. Wish I was the god of hellfire, though. But let's not get down on ourselves. What a great show. Oh, my God. This show is crazy. Um... We're going to be talking about overweight children, fat kids. We're going to be talking about making the perfect omelet. We're going to be talking about disciplining kids and how that's changed over the decades from being strict to being too lenient where kids are running things now, running the show. Uh, And also, it looks like I got into a little trouble. I was flirting with one of the cleaning ladies here in the building, Rosa Louisa. And it looks like I'm getting called in uh, to a meeting with one of my superiors. He's going to reprimand me on the whole situation. We'll see how that goes. And then check this out, man. I met a major giant celebrity in the most unusual of places I bumped into Jack Nicholson in a bathroom, and wait till you hear the story. I'm so excited. Jack Nicholson and me right here on the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, bro? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Hey, this is Harlan Williams. Today we are talking about discipline. Does anybody discipline their kids anymore? I don't think so. I remember when I was a kid, man, if I got into trouble, my old man would literally put me over his knee and smack. I'm talking smack my bare ass. And it hurt, man. And it put the fear of God in me. Nowadays, man, why don't you just take a time out, Billy? I don't want to take a time out, biatch. We don't use those words, Billy. Maybe you don't, biatch, but I do, biatch. Now, Billy, take a time out. Why don't you take a time out before I put your head through a wall, biatch? Billy. Go stand in the corner. You need to take a time out and reflect on what you've said. I'll make you reflect, biatch. Put your head right through a mirror. Oh, yeah, man. You don't tell kids nowadays what to do. No way. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. I don't think so, mister. Oh. Yeah, man, what's happened to discipline? I think the kids are in charge now. They're running things. It's like we're on some kind of weird Star Trek planet, man. Oh, we don't strike our children, no. Well, yes, he did burn down a school. That's true. But that's okay. He's he's growing. Little Charles is expanding. He's learning. 
We allow him three rifles. Well, yes, okay. He does have the camouflaged Hummer and the army fatigues, but that's it. Forget about neighborhood watch. How about neighborhood vault? Lock me in a vault so the kids can't get me. I'd rather go in the country and take my chances with the children of the corn. <laughs> oh, lock your doors, kids. Oh, the kids. Creepy kids. You know what's a little disturbing, too, nowadays? I was I was having this discussion with a friend the other day. We were wandering around, and we saw, and I think you see it a lot more now, is chubby kids, overweight kids, kids that are uh, disproportionately fat for their age. And uh, it made me start thinking about when I was a kid, you know, Really, there was there was. I remember when I was a kid, like from kindergarten right up to grade like four, and then even like grade four up up until uh, like, you know, before I went to college. But uh, especially kindergarten to grade four, there was like one big fat guy in the school. I remember his name too. His name was Guy Cook. <laughs> guy Cook, man. And he was like, he, he was much bigger than all the other kids. He, I, I'll just say it. He was full out chubby and fat. But he stood out like a lighthouse, right? Because in the whole school, he was the fat kid, you know? You always had the fat kid in the school. And nowadays, I don't know, man. I haven't been to a school. Like, I haven't wandered through a, a school. But correct me if I'm wrong. I have a scary feeling that there's a lot of fat kids in the school now. I have a feeling it's not just the fat kid, but it's like a herd of fat kids, a pod of fat kids, a gaggle of fat kids. Because I got to tell you, I see more and more of them out in the street now. And it's, it's worrisome. And, you know, when I was a kid... You kind of had to travel to find fast food. You had you had to go. You had to get in the car with the family and make that a destination. Nowadays, man, you 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 don't got to go more than a block and a half to stumble on fast food. And you know the old story when we were kids. Uh, you know the only electronic distraction we had was TV, but parents were most parents were uh, you know put their foot down on how much TV you could watch. I know that happened in our house, man. We were allowed X amount of hours, X amount of hours a week, and we couldn't go over and uh, blah, blah, blah. And so kids went outside and played and rode their bikes and ran around. So if you're listening, kids, get your act in gear. Get out there and do some stuff, man. Me, I'm going to go get an omelet. Because you know omelets, right? At those omelet bars, you can just stuff anything you want in an omelet, right? Let's all make fresh omelet. Let's all make a fresh omelet. Let's all make a fresh omelet and stuff our big fat face. Hello! Hello to you, people. Hi, welcome to the omelet bar. We will put anything you want inside that omelet. We have all types of ingredients. You tell us what you want in 
inside your omelet. Okay, give me the mushrooms, the peppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll also take the, uh, I'll have the bacon and the ham. Uh, give me the uh, mushrooms. I'll take the shallots, the onions, uh, the salmon. Uh, give me some thumbtacks, a boiled ham, uh, a turkey leg, a stapler. Uh, throw in some light bulbs and a map of the world. Okay, anything else? Yeah, why don't you put a small monkey in there, a uh, bloated old lady's shoulder, a uh, pine tree, and some uh, corn on the cob. Excellent choice. Anything else? Yeah, put a uh, museum in there, a small church, a gathering of school children playing with balloons, and a blue whale. Oh, delicious. Anything else? I mean, come on, man. Settle down. There should be a limit. Two or three items, man. You ever see these people? They stuff it so full it looks like an expensive pillow from the Pottery Barn. You got an omelet so big it looks like Rosie O'Donnell stuffed in a sleeping bag. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) What would you like in your omelet? Uh, Just stuff Rosie O'Donnell in there, will you? Excellent choice. Excellent. Gonna need a lot of eggs for that one, Daddy. I'm getting hungry. I better get over to the uh, over to the omelet house. Get myself a Denver omelet here on the Harlan Highway. Can I get a little extra Rosie O'Donnell on that omelet? Hello. Wow. Okay. En- enough with the food and the fat kids. Let Let's switch gears to uh, people that are actually in great shape. Okay, primarily I'm talking about athletes. Um, Wait till you hear this story, and this was a big, big thrill for me and might be a little creepy. I might might creep you out with this story. I think I creep myself out with this story a little bit. But what could I do? Let let me set the table for you here. So a couple of my buddies uh, get tickets to the uh, L.A. Lakers game uh, just recently, right? It's the playoffs, and you know, who's going to say no to free playoff tickets, right? So I'm all jazzed up. I don't go to that many basketball games. I'm more of a hockey dude, right? Um, so we go, and uh, I went with my buddy Michael Rosenbaum, who uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, and he was my uh, co-star in a movie I did called Sorority Boys. And we've been buddies uh, ever since we did that movie. And then a new buddy I've made uh, from a movie I just shot called Old Days, a guy named Isaiah Mustafa. And a lot of you might know him as that guy from the Old Spice commercials, the guy that uh, the handsome big black man that rides a white horse and transitions onto a beach and, you know, very popular TV commercials. But anyway, so those are the two guys I'm rolling with. See how I throw that in? Rolling. And uh, my buddy Michael got the tickets, and uh, he goes down there a lot. And I guess there's like a special area where, you know, celebs kind of, you know, dock and enter. And uh, and so we pull up. We valet. And we roll in the doors, and then there's, like, this kind of special downstairs entrance you go to, and they've got a little clubhouse down there where, uh, you know, the VIPs uh, get to go and hang out. And, yes, I'm going to say it, I was a VIP. So, hey, every now and then, 
We all get the royal treatment. and uh, So I was enjoying it, man. This was great. We go in a little VIP room. Uh, most of the people are out at the game because it's just about to start. There was one guy sitting in there. It's that actor, Andy Garcia. You know him from the Godfather movies and Ocean's Eleven and all that. So he's just sitting there. We grab some M and M's and a beer, and we go rushing out to our seats. We get, you know, we kind of walk down this big empty hallway, and we're walking, walking down the hallway, and there's like a cement column. We're kind of almost under the bleachers at this point, and leaning up against the cement column is a person. And as we walk by, I just take a glance to my side, and I did a double take. It's Jack Nicholson. Okay, just standing there all by himself, leaning against the this, this cement column. And just out of instinct, I just went, oh, hey, Jack. And he looks up at me and goes, oh, hey, how you doing? Like that, right? And I was just like, no way. And I, I just kept walking. I didn't miss a beat, right? My buddies are looking at me laughing. They're like, whoa. And I said, yeah, that, that was a highlight, man. That, that was just a big highlight for me. You know, in your life you have highlight moments. That was a highlight. I mean, I grew up watching Nicholson and The Shining and, you know, a million movies, right? And, and there's very few legitimate, real movie stars left in the world, okay? There's, there's a lot of people that can act and do movies and they're good looking and Maybe they're competent, but there's something real different about real, true movie stars, right? Like Nicholson and Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep. I mean, these people are on another playing field, okay? They're even a notch above, like, the Matt Damons and the Ben Afflecks and the Brad Pitts, like, the Johnny Depps. Those guys are all good, but... I, I don't know if they'll ever reach the level of these guys, all right? These guys are special. So so that was a real highlight for me to, uh, to, to have Jack say hi to me and have that little interaction. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to work with him. Obviously, I'm an actor too, right? Uh, but he's getting old, and, and, you know, who knows? So that was a big highlight for me. So we go rushing out. We get to our seats. We sit down. And we start watching the game. Great game, very tense, you know, down to the final shot. Kobe's putting up some three-pointers, blah, blah, blah. And then we get to halftime, okay? And we all go barreling back into this little, like, VIP room, right? And we're in there, and there's a bunch of people, and, uh, you know, all the VIPs are in there. And uh, my buddy Rosie said, Michael Rosenbaum says, hey, let's go out in the smoking lounge. I bet Jack's out there. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a stalker, but it's Jack, right? So he peeks his head out, and Jack's nowhere to be seen. I go, don't worry about it, man. I got to take a leak. So I go back to the men's room. There's a little area in the back. And I go and try the men's room door, and it's locked. It's one of these things where it's just there's just one, one bathroom in there. And so there's a little waiting area, and, and there's about five people in this waiting area. And I look over, uh, and sitting there, again, all by himself, is Jack Nicholson, the amazing actor, right? And he's sitting there eating a piece of black forest cake on a little paper plate with a little plastic spoon, you know, because they, they give out free stuff at this thing. 
And I say to him, I say, oh, Jack, are you waiting to go in? He goes, no, you go ahead. You know, I'm going to finish this cake. You're, you're next in line. And I go, oh, you sure? He goes, yeah, go for it, man. And I'm like, okay, cool. So some guy walks out. I walk in, and while I'm in there, I'm like, man, I just had an interaction with Jack Nicholson. When is this ever going to happen again in my life? I mean, hopefully it does, but I doubt it. And what's funny is I live about four miles down the road from the guy here in Hollyweird, which is cool. Uh, But uh, anyhow, I'm in the bathroom, and I'm thinking, man, Jack Nicholson's coming in here next. Like, how often can you say that? You're in a toilet, and you're like, I'm going to take a leak, and the next guy in here to take a leak is Jack Nicholson. I'm going to take a leak all over your leak. Um, and I'm like, he's, you know, if I say something to him as I'm going out the door, he's probably going to answer back, right? So I go, oh, man, I got a little voice recorder on my iPhone. So I'm just going to kind of make it look like I'm on my phone as I'm coming out, and I'll say something to him, and he'll probably say something back, right? And sure enough, he did. Um, and here's where it gets weird because, you know, I'm used to people coming up and saying stuff to me all the time. And, it, 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 you know, it's nice, but at times it can be annoying and you just want to be left alone. And, you know, sometimes you see people being innovative about it. They, they kind of dangle their cell phone down. They've got the video going. They, you're not looking and you turn around and there's some guy taking a picture of you. So I've always found that the covert side of it a little annoying. And now here I am being that guy. But I think I did it in such a way that he never knew. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm just in awe of this guy. The Shining, all that stuff, right? So I got a little clip here. And this is, uh, this is me in the bathroom getting ready. And then uh, as I walk out the door, Jack talks to me. I raised the volume a bit on Jack's voice. So you can hear it better, but this is 100% me and Jack Nicholson going in and out of this men's washroom at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Here we go. All right, going out to uh, going out of the bathroom, and Jack Nicholson's coming in. I think. You're up, Jack. I got it. All right. Oh, did you hear it? Did you hear it, man? I go, hey, you're up, Jack. And he goes, I got it. I got it. I'll, pl- I'll drop that, just that clip in here again. What? Like, let's listen to me. I'm so thrilled. I'm like a little little idiot, like a little baby. It's like, whoopee. You're probably going, whoopee, do. But no, I was excited, man. And you, you, you got, hang on. Let me play it for you again. I got it. Here it comes. I got it. <laughs> That's him. Nicholson, man, we, we brush shoulders as we walk through the, the bathroom door together. Hello? Uh, hello? Um, so as you can see, I'm excited. Look, I've worked with a lot. I've worked and met, like, t- tons of, of big celebrities, man. Okay? And, uh, you know, I've worked with Bruce Willis. I've worked with Dustin Hoffman. I've worked with De Niro. I've worked with Jim Carrey. I've worked with Will Ferrell. I've, I mean, I've worked with a ton of these guys. 
And I got to tell you, I wouldn't do that with anyone else. I would do that with Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando, who's dead, and Jim Morrison from The Doors, who is dead. Those three are, like, major to me. And so I got this little clip, dudes. And then here's where, okay, here's, okay, here, I'm afraid to tell you this, but here's where it gets a little creepy. Okay, if you if you thought that was a little creepy and immature, uh, where do you get this? So he goes into the bathroom, and I'm walking out, and I'm about to, like, leave the little waiting area, and I look on the table. There's a little countertop right where Jack was sitting, and there's his little paper plate and the plastic spoon. And the Black Forest cake is gone, but the little cherry is still sitting on his plate, right? And all of a sudden, I get it in my head. Oh, man, Jack Nicholson ate a piece of Black Forest cake off that plate with that little plastic spoon. Okay, so what do I do? Oh, God, why am I telling you this? (laughs) I'm kind of proud of it, actually. Screw you. (laughs) I go over and I pick up the plastic spoon that Jack was eating the cake with. And it's still got, like, residue in it. It's got, like, a little layer of, like, whipped cream, like, in the very bottom of the spoon, right? A little, little bit of cake. And I'm like, Jack Nicholson ate with this spoon, man. Jack Nicholson had this in his mouth. He had Black Forest cake, dudes. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. That's like stalkerish. That's like creepy. Well, no, it's not. You know what it is? It's like, it's like. Remember the old days, back in the old days when the Beatles first broke in the United States. Not that anyone listening would remember, but if you watch the footage and the stories, girls would sneak into the Beatles' hotel rooms and like steal their pillow slips and cut them up and save them, or they'd find locks of their hair, or they'd, you know, anything that was touched and owned by the Beatles. And I guess I went into that kind of fan mode. Like, I go, you know, I could ask, I easily could have asked uh, Jack for a photograph. I could have asked him for an autograph. But all that stuff's so cliche to me, you know? It's it's like, oh, there, yeah, you bring someone, you look, there's a Jack Nicholson autograph. Yeah, whoopee-doo, it's a scribbly line. There's you with your arm around Jack. Who hasn't done that? But I'm going to have in my house, in a little wooden frame with glass, like a little case, I'm going to have this stupid black plastic spoon with the Laker ticket stubs, and the the residue cake is going to get petrified in the bottom of that spoon. And I'm going to have a little title card, and people are going to go, what the hell is that hanging on your wallet? I'm going to go, oh, well, since you're asking, <clears throat> Oh, that's just Jack Nicholson's Black Forest Cake Spoon. Hello? And they'll be like, what? Get out of here. No way. He had that in his mouth? What? And you took it? What? I got to go. No way. Come back. But isn't that? That's like a cool little keepsake. And I'm not that guy. I'm not stalker guy. I'm not like fan-obsessed guy. But I'm a bit of an oddball. I'm a bit of a quirky guy. and, And certain things have different meanings to me you know i'm the type of guy that would rather have the old rusty pickup truck full of holes than have the 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 old rusty pickup truck that was refurbished and macked out and and totally 
redone. Because that stuff, that flash, that typical stuff just doesn't mean anything to me. There's no sentimental value in that stuff to me. You know, so that's what I'm saying. An autograph or a, or a, a photograph is just, it's typical fodder. You know what I mean? So the concept of having something that's a little more obscure but yet was very personal that belonged to one of my acting-like faves, Jack Nicholson, it's cool, it's quirky, I love it, and now I don't care what you think. And if I wanted to stalk him, I'd go four miles up my hill, okay? No. And I hope one day I do work with him and I can tell him this story and he either gets me fired or he goes, I loved you, man. That's hilarious. You're really creepy and disturbing. And I'm going to get a restraining order, but I think you're fabulous. So there you go. There you go. That's my exciting rub with uh, celebrity royalty, acting royalty. Remember, this is my part of my industry, acting. So if I seem like geared up and a little more... Uh, a little more excited about this than the average person. You know, this guy's like, this guy's the man. And I'm sure Jack Nicholson wouldn't be freaked out by what I did. I mean, I'm sure he gets it, okay? Right, Jack? You, you get what I did, right? I Thank you. See? Stamp of approval. So there you go. That's my exciting celebrity, weird, cutlery, stalker fan-obsessed, weird, whack-job story. And I couldn't be prouder. (laughs) This is a bit of an unusual day for me. It looks like uh, my supervisor, Kathy Merle from the seventh floor, is here. Kathy? Yes. Uh, Kind of odd you're in here while I'm on the air. Well, we have a big problem, you know. I'm not sure what I know what you're talking about, Kathy. I think you might. The third floor? The third... Room 307? Oh, the boardroom? Yeah, that wasn't me in there. Okay, you know what I'm here to talk to you about. Rosa Louisa? The cleaning lady, yes. Yeah. Um, Okay, we've had a lot of reports that you've been harassing her. Well, I some call it harassing, some call it... Um, Fondling? Um, Sexual harassment? Uh, we are on the air here. Okay, well, this is a serious matter. We had a little fun in the boardroom. Is that fun. so wrong? Was it, was it fun for her? Well, she was yelling, lemon pledge, lemon pledge, you know. Do you think this is funny? Am I in trouble here? I mean, to me, it was just mutual boardroom sliding okay, around we, she we, just polished the boardroom table we were sliding around on it it was beautiful we were like a couple of young figure skaters i don't think so that's not what we heard from her it was quite frightening <sighs> what we heard from her we need you to make a public apology to rosa louisa today right now now on the air yes it was frightening. Okay, I admit I was wearing my Burger King underpants that say Home of the Whopper on the front. And if that startled her... Public apology. Can I just go to her janitor's closet and leave a note? No. No more janitor's closet for <sighs> you. Ever. No more third floor. Okay, Rosa Louise, I'm sorry. How about a sincere apology? Like what, a poem or something? That would be nice. 
Rosa Louisa, I'm out on the edge. I shouldn't have messed around with you and your pledge. I wanted some fun, and I thought that's what it was. And now I smell like floor wax. And I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you. <sighs> okay. Well, thanks for coming up, Kathy. It's a nice dress you got. Whoops, I dropped some papers. Would you mind getting those for me? No, I'll get them. Maybe. Okay, I'll get them. Th- thank you. There'll be no more. Whew. Okay. This is Harlan Williams on the Harlan Highway. And from here on in, I'm keeping it clean. Cleaning lady, that is. Hello! <laughs> oh, golly. So, uh, check it out. little excitement in my voice here. Next week, um, or should I say next podcast? Why am I saying next week? Screw next week. Next podcast. We are hitting a milestone, ladies and gentlemen. If you can believe it. We're coming up on podcast 400, okay? 400, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost too hard to believe. It's crazy. It's crazy what's happening here. Um, oh, oh, um, little Charles Nelson in there. Oh, 400. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and first of all, I want to thank everyone for their uh, emails and uh, their Facebook posts and their Twitter posts and all that. I guess I had been misnumbering the uh, podcast episodes for about a week or two, and I got a a plethora of uh, people going, Hey, man, it's the wrong number. I I know i got too much time on my hands, but I thought I should tell you, but numbering them wrong. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I have gone back in, corrected the the, uh, numbering, and one uh, one pavement pounder in particular, that sounds nice, one pavement pounder in particular, picked a peck of pickled peppers, uh, mentioned that if I didn't if I didn't number them properly, I was going to miss the milestone of marking the 400th episode. So I am super jazzed. I can hardly believe it. I, I think we're in our second or third year of this podcast now. God, it might even be three years. I've lost track, but 400, good God. So we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be having fun. And uh, thank you one and all for coming along on this magnificent ride. Uh, and thank you for uh, notifying me that I was screwing up. Really reminds me of when I was a kid with my parents. Screw it up again, huh, Junior? Uh, so anyways, let's move on to other announcements here, by golly. Uh, this is fun. I finally have a YouTube channel up. It's Harlan Williams. You can go to YouTube. And the latest, uh, video that, that, that I've been posting is, uh, I, I went up and went, uh, fishing with the Fonz, with Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler. The Fonz and I went salmon fishing out in the ocean, up near Alaska, off the coast of British Columbia, and we did a little segment called the Harland and Henry Half Hour Fishing Hour. 
and uh, there's four episodes, and uh, nobody's ever seen them. Uh, they're just being posted up on my brand-new YouTube channel, Harland Williams. Each uh, episode's, I don't know, about four or five minutes long, and uh, I guess I should give it away, but it, it uh, cumulates or cumulates. Uh-oh, this is one of those words. Cumulates, cumulates. It crescendos with with uh, me and the fawns catching some very very fine salmon, okay? And one of them's a monster. One of them is really really big. So lots of excitement, very informative. Check that out the Harlan Williams YouTube channel. Uh don't forget to ch- check out the Facebook page and uh join up. Uh you can join my Twitter page at Harlan Williams. And uh, you can uh, go to harlowwilliams.com and, uh, you know, pick up merchandise in our store, see my touring dates, just Harlan Williams everywhere. God. And if you want to see me live and in person, who doesn't? Duh. Uh, I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy, headlining the uh, Chicago Improv it's technically not right in downtown Chicago. It's out in the suburbs, a place called Schaumburg, just a little bit outside of Chicago. Beautiful club, the Improv Comedy Club in uh, Schaumburg, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And uh, you can go online to improv.com and get your tickets. Or if you're down Florida way, I'll be in Tampa Oh, by the way, the Chicago dates, I should tell you, are Thursday, May 31st through Sunday, June 3rd. And then, uh, like I said, I'll be down in Tampa, Tampa, Florida, June 7th to uh, the 10th. And uh, get your tickets for all those. uh, That's at the Improv as well. So just go to uh, Improv.com, click on the uh, Desired City. And uh, bingo, you're sitting in front of me laughing your sweet British ass off, no matter what nationality you are. Uh, so there you go. Uh, you can call me at 323-739-4330 if you have a message you want to leave or just write at harlowilliams.com. But that's it. I got to get uh, I gotta get over to Jack Nicholson's place for... Uh, card and black forest cake night and uh until next time chicken chow mein everyone you got it (laughs) 